You're listening to a podcast from Grace Church in Salado, Texas. For more information and resources just like this, visit us online at gracesalado.com. Well, hello and welcome to the Grace Church Slato podcast. My name is David Laws, and I am joined again by my friend Jason Goings, pastor of Preaching and Vision here at Grace. Jason, it's good to have you as always. Good to be here. It's kind of a misty, cool fronts coming in. Rainy. Yeah. A little bit of dreary weather outside. Yeah. Kind of has a tendency to make us feel dreary sometimes. Dreary. 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 Hopefully this podcast won't be dreary. That's like the word rural. I could say that a hundred times and it's still not going to come out correctly. Like if I'm ever, you know, teaching or talking, I desperately avoid that word because I never feel confident in my ability to say it. Rural. Rural. Uh, Well, (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Didn't expect to go there. Um, Well, for those of you who are listening for the first time, and at this point you were wondering what on earth is happening in this podcast, uh, we want you to know that we do it every week for the sole purpose of helping you come away loving God's Word more and just having a better idea how you can take Scripture and apply it to your daily life. So this week we're going to be looking at our life verse, uh, which is from Psalm 86, verse 5. Uh, And it says this, For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. So, uh, Jason, it's short, it's sweet, uh, and like all scripture, it's chock full of good stuff uh, for us to dig into. So uh, just zooming all the way out, when you look at this passage, what do you see? What what stands out to you? Well, this might be one of the shortest podcasts. Um, It might not be. We'll see. But... uh, um, like you said, this verse is full. Um, David is the psalmist writing the psalm, and he says a lot in this declaration. He is declaring his faith in God, that God, it, there's several things. It talks about his, his goodness, talks about his sovereignty. Uh, you are good and forgiving. Your goodness leads you to be a forgiving God. And he's abounding in steadfast love. There's nothing preventing more and more love being communicated. It is abounding continually. David is understanding um, that because God is good and forgiving and because there's nothing that can stop him uh, from loving, David has his confidence we can come to him. Yeah. And so that's that's the explanation of the verse. It's real yeah. simple. Uh so Yeah, when I see it, the one word that just stands out to me, I don't know if it's just because I don't use it in my everyday language a whole lot, but it's just that word abounding in steadfast love. Like that's such a striking word to use. In the same kind of way that uh that phrase says according uh to the riches of his glory. You know, it's one of those things that's like when it talks about this love of God, I, I can, I think some other people might struggle with viewing it as almost like he's greedy with it. Like he, he withholds it unless we do good or unless we, you know, do whatever things we're commanded to do or don't do the things we're not supposed to do or what, you know, and it's just, I think we can view God as being greedy with his love sometimes, maybe consciously or subconsciously. Because that's how we think of our, our, maybe not our dads, but people think of their dads like they hold back. It's conditional. It's this, it's that. And, and, um, it's not about like, we're not used to meeting somebody, whether it be bosses or, or, or spouses whose love is always abounding no matter what. Yeah. 
that's why it's hard for us to picture God. That yeah, way. and when I and when I hear abounding, I think of like overflowing with like wealthy with like rich in steadfast love. You know, and I just man, I hope that that concept sinks in as we look at this verse. Like our God, when it's saying that He's good, that's like a description of His goodness. Like that goodness cause him to abound in steadfast love, whether we feel it or don't feel it, whether we acknowledge it or don't acknowledge it, that's who God is. is. And so application point for David, right, is it's pretty clear if you read the, the beginning, all you really have to do is read the first seven verses of this chapter and see what this verse does for application. And I'm going to read it, if that's okay, yeah. David. So David begins in Psalm 86. And for the record, said, this is David the psalmist, not yeah, David yeah, the uh, other David. person on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you would probably do this too. But anyway, he begins, uh, Prayer of David, verse 1. Listen, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. David's acknowledging how he sees himself at this point. Protect my life. I am faithful. You are my God. Save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I call upon you. You see you see what's happening here. Bring joy to your servant's life because I appeal to you, Lord. And here's our verse. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love. So leading up to verse 5, we already see five things that David is asking God to do. I mean, think about that confidence. Uh, he's asking the Lord to listen to him. He's asking for the Lord to protect him. He's asking for the Lord um, to be gracious to him. He's asking for the Lord to save him. He's asking for the Lord to bring joy to him. And he's doing that because what he says in verse 5, he knows that God is good and forgiving and abounding. Oh, and then he doesn't stop there. Verse six, he says, Lord, hear my prayer. Again, he's asking for the Lord to hear him, give him mercy, um, and help him out of his distress. So go ahead. Well, no, it's just, as you were saying that it, it brought to mind, um, a passage in Exodus three and I had to pull it up because I didn't, I didn't have the whole thing memorized, but it says like basically the things that asked that David was asking for are kind of parallel what the Lord did for the for the Israelites back in in Exodus three, it says, the "Lord said, I've I've seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their cry because of the taskmasters. I know their sufferings." And and you see the Lord like seeing and hearing and knowing and interacting with His people in just such an intimate relational way. And it's kind of like what I what I see David calling for. Like yeah. I want I want this God to be present. I want to I want you. And what's what stood out to me as you were reading that, I think it was in verse 3 or verse 4, it says, I call out to you. And at the, at the end of our life verse today in verse 5, it says, that, uh, he's abounding in steadfast love for who? To all who call upon you. He's like, I call upon you, and I know this is true for everyone that calls upon you. So you can almost see him preaching to himself the steadfast love yeah. of God. And so in one way, it's meant for other people to hear, but another, this so, is something he would so tell David, himself. Yeah, so David, yeah, so the testimonies of God's people, you're referring to Exodus 3, David's aware of those things. He has seen God himself. I think we see here he's also he's experienced it personally, but he's also recalling the testimonies of those before him that has given him this confidence to come and ask these things of God. And so the real clear application of this is for the listener and for us is do we know God this way? If if not, then why not? Are we 
shutting, do we have the tendency to shut out the testimonies of people who have experienced God? Do we have the tendency to distrust those testimonies for some reason or God's word? Um, why? I mean, can't we see the enemy at work? And then if we don't know God to be this, or we don't trust him to be this, then think about what we're missing out on. Yeah. We're missing out on calling on him for help. Yeah. Uh, would you run to somebody that you didn't think was good and kind and abounding in love? Yeah. You'd run from that person yeah. more than you would run to that person. Yeah. So. Well, and I, you know, as far as application, what comes to mind as we're talking about the idea of calling upon the Lord is he's basically saying that steadfast love is available for those who call upon him. And so if you're sitting there and you're thinking, I don't feel God, I don't hear God, I don't see God, I don't, you know, whatever if, that you're, that you might be experiencing in any given season. You know, the question, I think that one of the first things we have to ask is like, well, are you calling upon him? In the same way that like if someone's sitting there saying, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, and there's a cup of water next to them, you know, at some point the action step is to acknowledge the, the well, water and drink. Well, that's a faith step, right? You know? Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go to him yeah. for help. And and so, yeah, you're right. We had, I, I think it's that both thing like step in faith to go to the Lord. And we find, and we were reminded in the New Testament, in Hebrews specifically, that because of Christ, which isn't that the act, the, the greatest act of abounding love, yeah. that the Father would send the Son to to make a way for us to have access to the Father, yeah. because of him we have this boldness and this confidence to come humbly. Yeah. David starts humbly. He does. Uh, we yeah. got to remember that. Lord, I am poor and needy. Yeah. I know I can come to you, and here's the things I need. I'm coming to you because you're abounding in steadfast love. You're good. So in Christ, I would tell the listeners, go to God. Go go humbly and and if you even if you have to start out like David did, God, I'm I'm poor and needy and I'm coming to you and through Christ because you are good and you have what I need to I like the water analogy, but yeah. like I need to drink from you. Yeah. Um so that's Well good. and I I think an important addition to that too is for people not to wait for affections to drive their obedience. You know, I think a lot of times we wait until we feel like it before we're obedient, you know, before we pursue God, before we spend time with God. We we want our affections to lead into our obedience, and biblically, that's just the exact opposite. I think we might have talked about this on the podcast at some point in the past, but o- obedience is what has to start, and that leads into affection and not the other way around. I mean, there are times well, where and, it's a cycle, right, you know, but yeah. and it's designed to be that way. Like, when we're engaging with God, then those affections come, and that leads us to more obedience because we're tasting that He's good and experiencing that. But I just think it's really tempting to sit and wait until we feel like it, and then we never end up feeling like it, and then we're drifting farther and farther away, you know, because we've forgotten that need, and and I think that's a cycle that we can be guilty of. Well, and that's why when Paul writes to the Romans, the renewing of the mind is so important, because it's the thinking that leads to the obedience that leads to the feeling. Like, David has a thought of God. Yeah. He's not feeling all of these things of yeah. God. He has this thought, you like, are Like this. a belief. Yeah. 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 Well, he's thinking it. Yeah. Whatever, faith, thinking, whatever. It's it's this thought of God, he is this. So I'm, I'm running to him, and, and then you just hear the emotions flow later. Like, and you're right. Like, yeah, it's the obedience, but even before the obedience is, how do you think of God? Yeah. Do you run to him or do you run from him? Uh, run to him in Christ. 
become poor and needy. Think these thoughts of God. And that's what he's saying here. You, oh Lord, here's my thought of you. You're good. Yeah. You're forgiving. You're abounding in steadfast love. So I'm calling on you. Yeah. So Well, and at the risk of using bacon in two straight podcasts, um, I Amen. think we used a bacon analogy last week. I just, uh, the first thing that came to mind as you were saying that is like, I believe bacon is good. So I want bacon, you know, <laughs> and then I go and I eat bacon. And uh, I don't want to minimize the Lord to the equivalent of bacon, but I just thought, like, as far as the progression of how how our beliefs influence our affections and influence our obedience, you know, and how all those things can be tied together. Um, so feel free to throw that analogy out because it breaks down really, really quickly. But, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I, for anyone listening, I just want to encourage them, how do you take this, A, believe these things that, that David is saying are true, you know, that, that he is good, that he is forgiving, that he's abounding in steadfast love. Let those things drive your obedience, and then let your obedience drive your affections. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, le- learn and listen to the testimonies of those who have felt it, who have seen it, who have, and, and think on God that way and run to him and, and notice him. And go grab some bacon. Go get some bacon Go and remember bacon. that the Lord is abounding hey, in steadfast if, love. If if nothing is accomplished except for every time somebody starts to eat bacon, they're thinking about the abounding steadfast love of God, David, then I would say good job. Now, if we were super Baptists, we would come up with an acronym for the word bacon that no, had to do stop. with the steadfast Let's love. Let's end this podcast. Next week, we'll come at you with the, the bacon analogy for David steadfast will, love. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to the Grace Salado podcast this week. Uh, we hope this discussion spurred you on your love for Jesus, your love for people. We look forward to sharing again next week for our episode on John 17, verse 24.